When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the Titan Sized Podcast. I'm Luke Worsham, joined by the other two hosts of the Titan Sized Podcast, Matthias Wadner and Will Lomas. On Sunday, the Tennessee Titans took on the Chicago Bears in their third preseason game. And, uh, gentlemen, the Titans really proved their their position as an AFC contender this year. Uh, you know, everybody thinks they're going to be the three or four seed, and they really solidified that spot and gave Titans fans a lot to look forward to this year. Yeah, you know, really beat up on a on a very uh, very good team in the Bears, uh, just like they did against the Jets in the first preseason game. So, really inspiring a lot of confidence <laughs> with their consistency in preseason. <laughs> no, but really, yeah. they look they look terrible, and there are some concerning things that we're going to talk about. I mean, anytime you can go out and lose to a three and thirteen team from last year, you got to do it. <laughs> Um, before we start talking about the Titans, a member of the Bears, I want to go over really quickly. Mitchell Trubisky, he looked awesome yesterday. A lot of really nice throws. And someone mentioned it to me. He is built really weird. He's very stocky, but it seems to work (laughs) for him. And after watching Mike Glennon miss wide open receivers all day yesterday with his rocket arm that unfortunately has no accuracy, how do the Bears not start him? Yeah, I mean, even though Mike Lennon looked pretty good in this game, um, I don't know how you don't just give the keys to Trubisky. Uh, Coming out, a lot of people thought he was the most pro-ready quarterback there was in the draft. There wasn't really a lot for him to develop except maybe maybe just timing and and just getting a feel for receivers at the next level and how windows close more quickly. But yeah, I mean, he he, he looks ready, uh, as ready as any other rookie quarterback that that's been playing and a lot of the rookie quarterbacks have looked good except for the Texans quarterback Deshaun Watson which is good news for us yeah I mean uh Trubisky came out and I mean put on a show for a couple portions I mean he had that one great deep pass down the left sideline uh his only real mistake is he almost threw an interception to LaShawn Sims who really came back to get the ball in the air and he just dropped it and couldn't make it but now I mean mm-hmm. all the rookies have looked good this year except for Deshaun Watson I mean Trubisky seems like a guy you start sooner rather than later I think Justice Justice Mosqueda uh has a spreadsheet of all the quarterbacks who've thrown less than 200 attempts in their rookie year who were drafted in the first round and it's basically a list of busts so if you're good you play early yeah and I hate shout, to, out, like, shout out to Jake Locker, who's on that list. Oh, God, is he really? Mm-hmm. Yep. Of course he is. Uh, I hate to say it, like, because it's such like a like a cliche word, but Trubisky looks poised as a quarterback. He really does. He looks like a 10-year veteran when he's, when he's out there do, running play action, just rolling out, doing whatever quarterbacks do, and he looks ready to go. I don't know why they would waste their time with Mike Lennon. 
yesterday, the offensive line of the Titans continued a pattern of playing very underwhelming football against the Jets. The Titans took eight sacks. And yesterday, Marcus Mariota was constantly under duress. The running game was going nowhere. It averaged like two and a half yards a carry. Quentin Spain got ejected. Taylor Lewan was called for every penalty known to man. Is this a reason to be concerned this year, the offensive line's poor performance so far in the preseason? I think it is, just because it's been three games of the same thing. Um, In the Panthers game, the pass blocking was much better than in the Bears and the Jets games. But I'm really concerned about the run blocking right now. They haven't been opening holes uh, in any of the three games, really, except for maybe maybe late in the game, but that those are the backups playing uh, uh, when Fluellen and Nakeem Judd broke off some, some pretty big runs in the in the previous two games. But, I mean, if this offensive line isn't opening up holes for DeMarco Murray and Derrick Henry in the season, uh, we become one-dimensional, and that's not the kind of team that we're built to play as, and that's not the kind of team that we can be successful as. Yeah, I mean, I go back and watch, and I don't see guys losing a lot of one-on-one matchups. It just seems like there's a communication issue, especially in the mm-hmm. inside of the line. That's, that's where we've had some troubles. I think, you know, Jack Conklin got one bull rush, which never happened, so I don't expect that to be a trend. And Lawan looked very good. I, I have no issues with Lawan. I think that'll all get fixed, especially when Murray's in there and he's kind of helping the guys in pass protection is a quick dump off option. And he's helping them in the run game by making the right reads and finding the holes. I, mm-hmm. I, I worry that there's not going to be that gelling period that we got last preseason with the running game in the offensive line. Uh, but at the same time, I, I'm not worried about the individual players. I'm more worried about them getting back in stride. But if the pieces are there and the same coaching staff is there and the same schemes there, I have faith that this will all work out in the end. It might just take a few more weeks than we hoped. Yeah, there were there were some communication breakdowns in the Jets game, a really a large amount actually, and in this game against the Bears, I had one there was one play that Taylor Luan was literally blocking two guys, and that is never supposed to happen. And Mariota got sacked because of it, so they need to clean it up somehow and quickly because the season opener is in two weeks. Yeah, and in, in that play, I think Derrick Henry was in, and he went mm-hmm. on kind of a wheel route on the outside and I'm not sure if he wasn't supposed to pick up the guy on the edge or the guy inside and Lawan was waiting for him to make contact with one so he could figure out who he was supposed to take and Henry never came and Henry's wide open in the end zone but Mariota's on his back because he didn't get right. the guy in pass protection so you know that's just another reason why Murray's going to get the edge probably this year and he'll probably get a bulk of the carries and we shouldn't complain about it agreed while we're on the topic of the running game, Derrick Henry has not had a very good preseason at all. He, he's had a couple of nice plays where he gets the edge and he becomes hard to tackle. But for the most part, especially between the tackles, he's looked slow. He's looked He hasn't looked special at all. He's just looked – honestly, I've noticed no difference between him and David Flewellen aside from size. Mm-hmm. And I hate saying that, but – I mean. What's his problem, I guess, is what I'm asking and what I want us to discuss. And is it a cause for concern like the offensive line could be? I know we've been considering these hot takes to say that Derrick Henry isn't good, but he hasn't looked good this preseason. It's the truth. Um, it, at times, it might look like he's being patient, but in reality, he's just he's just slow-footed right now. I don't know if he's not trusting his blocks or 
or he's just waiting for something to open up that's not there. But, I mean, he's got to be better than he has been. Um, he's not pushing DeMarco Murray for carries right now. Um, and he got blown up on, on, on a pass protection play. I think it was near the end of the first half. And it's it's just one of those reasons why DeMarco Murray is the clear-cut starter. Um, you just have more trust in him, and he's just flat-out better than him right now. And, I mean, yeah. Derrick Henry just has to—I mean, he's looked smooth uh, when he's catching out of the backfield, which I've liked. But on the ground, he just doesn't—he he doesn't seem confident right now. No, and I, I think Henry has to be kind of a one-cut back. Like, you need to run him— hard outside or, you know, trying to seal an edge and get him a crease, but while his feet are moving, you can't really send him inside too often because when it gets crowded and muddled in there, he's standing up and he stops. And once he stops, he loses all his momentum and all his advantages because now he's just a really tall guy holding the ball. Mm -hmm. He needs to be downhill building up steam outside on the B gaps. And I think Titans fans and Terry Rubisky even have been spoiled by DeMarco Murray being able to do a little bit of everything and do pretty much, you know, anything you want and do it well. I think he's, I mean, I hope he's slowly learning that Henry's not necessarily that guy, but we've seen before, even this preseason, he can take a 17 yard pitch for a touchdown. You know, he, he Mm -hmm. can make big splash plays happen. You just have to know how to use him and how to scheme him open. And hopefully with more game planning and, you know, actually watching defenses to find where their worst players are, instead of just going in semi blind, you know, hopefully once those changes happen, he gets some, you know, creases that are designed for him. So I, I, again, it's not that I think Derrick Henry's bad, but I think we need to all appreciate how good Murray is and how good of a trade it was uh, when John Robinson swapped fourth round picks or what, you know, essentially gave nothing up to get, you know, one of the best running backs in the league. With all that Mike Malarkey had said about Henry this off season, uh, you know, that he looked fast, he, he looked re- in really good shape. Mm-hmm. A lot of us were expecting him with the injury to DeMarco Murray to come in this preseason and show why he should be getting more carries and show why he needs much more of a role in this offense. He's kind of done the opposite of that. If anything, he's solidified Murray's position as the bell cow of this offense. Yeah, it seems weird to like consider Derrick Henry as a change of pace back because he's so big, but that's the kind of back that he is. I mean, he's 6'3", and he doesn't have a low center of gravity, so when he gets in there on inside runs, he's just not getting a lot of traction. He's not really moving forward unless he's just already on top of the defender and he's falling forward. But he looks so much better when he gets to the edge and he just out outruns cornerbacks because he's just faster than them. He needs to be out in space, which seems and looks kind of ridiculous because he's so big, but that's just where he's better as a, as a running back right now. Yeah, and it, I mean, it wasn't just malarkey. I mean, people at practices, beat writers, and people that are skeptical, you know, against the Panthers, I mean, even as recently as then, he had a really long run, like, I think mm-hmm. back-to-back open, I mean, open practices, you know, to start off the run periods, he found a crease and went. It makes me think there's something they're not showing, or there's something they're not, it, it, something's different in practice compared to what he's playing like I don't think he's holding back I you know I, I don't think he's jogging and giving half effort but I, I wonder if there's some formation or I wonder if there's a look that they can give or a play that they really like that they just hadn't run because they want to use it on the Raiders in the open week I also want to say that we've played three pretty really good front sevens uh-huh. so these are pretty good run defenses that we've played so 
um, take that into account also. Yeah. DeMarco Murray made his debut yesterday, and he doesn't have anything to prove. We know what he can bring. Tajay Sharp also made his debut yesterday. What did you guys think about what he was able to do in his first time out there? Uh, he was fine. Uh, it, at times, it seemed like him and Mariota weren't on the same page, which is kind of expected. They haven't been practicing together all that often. Uh, they've only practiced together a few times, I think, since Sharp just came back this week. So it was kind of expected. I wasn't expecting Sharp to do much. Um, I think he had one one catch for a first down. He looked fine on it. Um, I, I think people were expecting too much from him, especially coming back from a, a foot injury and having missed all of the offseason. So I wasn't expecting much. Um but I really hope he gets some playing time in the last preseason game to to show show off his talent a little bit. Yeah, I think they just did a really good job covering him yesterday. You know, there there was definitely an effort there to try to get him the ball, and I, I don't think it worked out the way the Titans wanted it to. The biggest thing is, is he came out and he didn't look necessarily slower. He didn't look bad out of his breaks. It just looked like the plays weren't there when they tried to throw it that way. Uh, you know, he looks healthy and he ended the game healthy, which as we saw from the Bears is not a given. You know, the, the Titans have been really lucky so far with injuries. So, you know, you have to be glad that he came out the other side healthy. And, you know, you just got to hope that he rounds out into form because he's shown that he can be a 500-yard receiver on this team with this talent around him. Now, whether he has a reduced role or not, that talent is there to be a good third or fourth a wide receiver. So, uh, you know, I like what I saw. Nothing super impressive, nothing super disappointing, but he's healthy, and that's all you want in the preseason. Mm-hmm. You mentioned that he seemed out of sync with Mariota. I think it would be fair to say that nobody looked in sync with Mariota <laughs> yesterday because he looked terrible. He missed the mark on a lot of his throws, and though he wasn't – turnover prone and didn't fumble he did get hit a lot and didn't fumble which was a plus uh he just did not look very good he's had a bit of an inconsistent preseason I heard Rhett Bryan of Titans radio mention after the game that it still looks like he's getting his legs under him coming back from the injury I don't think there's any reason to worry about Mariota would you guys agree with that Mm -hmm. I'm I'm not worried I saw in this game even though he did look off a little rusty maybe. Uh, but I saw some things that I really liked. Uh, that throw to Delaney Walker with uh, pressure in his face. He just dropped it in there from 30 yards out. And that was a beautiful throw with pressure in his face. So that was good to see. Uh, I saw him escape the pocket, escape the pressure uh, a couple times. Uh, which is good to see given he's coming off a leg injury. And uh, his rapport with Richard Matthews seems as good as ever. Uh, and that's that's also very good to see. So I saw what I needed. Uh, in this game, uh, I would say he looked better in the first two. But, I mean, this is fine. It, it'll happen. These games, these type of games will happen. Yeah, I mean, we're, what, uh, just over a week removed from a Carolina game where he went 6-8 with a touchdown. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's not crazy to think that he had an off day where they were trying to do very specific things in the offense, like getting Tajay Sharp involved. And the running game didn't help him. I, I mean, Mm-hmm. He 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 didn't find himself in third and four often. You know there were a lot of predictable situations where you can get your pass defense out there, you can get your nickel package out there, and really make it hard on the team to throw. So I, I'm not super worried. I also saw him struggle through 
three or four games last year and then come out as the hottest quarterback in the NFL for like an eight-week stretch. So e- even if Mariota does have a cold spell now and then, he knows how to bounce back from it, and he's shown that in the actual regular season. So I- I'm not worried because of a preseason misstep or two. Uh, yesterday, 18th overall pick of the NFL draft, Adoree Jackson made his first start over LaShawn Sims, and he showed some flashes, but for the most part, it wasn't a very good performance. I don't think it's cause for concern because it was his first time starting and he was playing some decent Bears receivers. Cameron Meredith gave him troubles early before he tore his ACL. Um, what are you guys expecting from a Dory Jackson as a rookie? We know he's going to be a huge contributor on special teams, but in terms of defense, you expect him to be a nickel? Do you expect him to get a lot of playing time on the outside? What do you expect from Adori as a rookie in 2017? Yeah, this was a this was a tough one for him. And this was this was a real welcome to the NFL moment. Um, I did like, even though he gave up a bunch of catches and he really wasn't close. But I don't think the defensive calls were helping him all that much. He was playing way off his receivers at times. Uh, I don't know if that's because they didn't want him to get burned downfield, but I don't know how he would, given he's so fast and his recovery speed is fantastic. But I don't think he was put in the best position to succeed. He still didn't have a good game. Uh, he had the penal- pass interference penalty in the end zone. But I really like the way he bounced back after his uh, after his poor punt return. Uh, he made a couple of good returns, one on a punt, one on a kick return. Uh, he made a nice play in the backfield for a tackle for loss. Um, I don't think he's ready to start. I'm going to be honest about it. Um, the, the bad part is that that would mean Bryce McCain is starting in the slot which we all know how we feel about Bryce McCain. But, yeah, I know. But, yeah, I still want to see LaShawn Sims and Logan Ryan starting at the two cornerback spots. And then Adoree Jackson could just make, mix in uh, in certain matchups if we has to cover, like, a smaller, quicker receiver. Yeah, I mean, I, I was not a big believer in Adoree Jackson coming out. But for most of the day, I thought he was in really good position. Now, those are some dirty words coming from watching Bleedy Ray Wilson be in great position for years. So <laughs> I understand how you know jaded Titans fans will be concerned when they hear that. But I don't worry about Adoree getting his head around. I worry more about if Adoree can read the route combination, if he can attack the ball in the air. And there was, there was a deep pass across the field that he let happen where his hand – had to be half an inch away from knocking the yeah. ball away. And if if that happens, it's a great play, and we all are excited with how he did today. He missed it by a half an inch. That's okay. It, it, he'll fix it. But he's in the right position. I've seen what he can do with the ball in his hands. I, I, I believe that he should be a starter on this team sooner rather than later because I believe defense is trending towards turnovers and playmaking ability rather than being safe because it's just too easy to go five wide in the NFL now. So, you know, you want a guy who can look at the quarterback, you know, find the ball, attack the ball, and get the ball and then make, you know, make plays for you. And I think Adore gives you a better chance of that than anybody on the roster bar none at the cornerback position. So I, I wouldn't have him as my number one lockdown corner, but I don't think it's crazy to think that he and Logan Ryan could be the starting boundary corners depending on you know who's on what side and then move Logan Ryan into the slot and bring in LaShawn Sims, who did well yesterday too. So, I, mm-hmm. I mean, I think he should be a starting corner just because he has that playmaking ability and you want him to get reps now. But if they have him as a backup, I understand, but sooner rather than later. Yeah, I mean, there's a reason he got drafted. There's a reason he's our 
our starting punt returner. He was he was brought in to make plays, uh, and that's why he's our punt returner. And Eric Weems isn't because Adore Jackson can can make a play and score a touchdown on any punt return. The same goes for him as a cornerback. He's shown the ability to pick off passes uh, to the tune that our other cornerbacks haven't. Um, so he can play pretty often this season, whether it's as a starter, as a nickelback, or just as a, a mix-and-match type of cornerback. Uh, he's going to play often, and he's going to make some plays. There's going to be growing pains. Every It happens with every rookie cornerback. One last topic before we move on to previewing this week's matchup against the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, a former Tennessee Titan whose num- number was stolen by Taewon Taylor, Kendall Wright, had a pretty respectable game on Sunday. Uh, at one point, he caught a pass and then turned and tried to jaw at the Titans bench. Uh, mm-hmm. In his own words, he was the best receiver on the Titans roster this year, so for whatever reason, they got rid of him. Uh, in all seriousness, though, Kendall Wright could not have fa- found a better spot for his career than Chicago because their offensive coordinator is Dowell Loggins, who was the offensive coordinator mm-hmm. in Tennessee when Kendall had his thousand yard hundred catch season. I don't know. I just wanted to talk about Kendall, Wright. So you <laughs> feel free to chime in about something about Kendall, Wright, Good, bad, and different. Otherwise. Well, I hated uh, seeing that he's good now. Apparently we didn't know that. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but uh, I, I honestly think, we misused him uh, for most of the time he was here. Granted, he was injured pretty often, and I mean he wasn't very consistent. But I I think if a team uses him correctly, which it seems like the Bears are doing so, and they're feeding him pretty often, and they're going to feed him even more with Meredith out, I still think he could be a really good receiver in the NFL. Uh, I'm sad that it didn't work out that way here in Tennessee. I never thought of him as like a a bad guy or like a like a pouty kind of player. So I, I don't have any ill feelings towards him, except that I think he had the best game of his career at Nissan Stadium yesterday. Yeah, I mean, it, he, you know, that, that is a pretty hot take after Jacksonville's game last year where he put up some, a couple of big plays. But I, uh-huh. I mean, I don't know. I don't have, <laughs> I, I don't have, I don't have any ill will towards Kendall Wright. He's, he's fine. I mean, he, you know, he on this team he'd probably be the fifth receiver it'd be him and Tajay Sharp battling it out so I mean it, it doesn't hurt the Titans in any way if they that they lost him I think you know if he can go and have a successful career as a third somewhere else good you know congratulations but I, I don't know it, he'll I don't think he'll ever be what we thought he would when he had those first two really good seasons Mm-hmm. No, he never, he'll never. he never be that type of receiver. So usually we do two episodes in a week, one recapping the most recent game and one previewing the upcoming game. But since this week's game is on Thursday, we're going to do both in the same episode. So moving on now to previewing the Titans' fourth preseason game against the Kansas City Chiefs. Typically in a fourth preseason game, it's a chance to look at those last 60 guys on the roster the guys that might not have a chance to make the team. It's a chance to look at them, see what they have to offer, and uh, give them a chance to maybe prove themselves and get good film in for another team. Mike Malarkey said, nope, we're not going to do that. We are going to play our starters. I believe the quote today was, everyone is playing. I don't know if that necessarily includes the injured players, 
Um, but the starters will be playing uh, Thursday night. I don't like that. How do you guys feel about that? I hate it. I'll be blunt about it. It makes no sense. I know they they played bad, but I mean he played them almost three full quarters and a series in the in the fourth quarter. I think uh, he got his point across. Um, sure, there there are things that the starters need to work on, but why even take the risk of getting injured in the fourth preseason game when every other team in the league is going to be resting their starters? I don't see a point to it um, at all. That's it. That's all I have to say. <laughs> Uh, I mean, all right, so there's a couple of things if I'm like, okay, what's Mike Malarkey hoping happens? Maybe he's going to let Mario to call more plays at the line of scrimmage and go in a hurry-up situation like like they talked about doing. You know, may, Maybe it's like a conceptual thing where they're like, this is a random defense that you've never seen. Let's go hurry up and see what you can do to them for one, you know, one series, you know, a ser- two series, whatever it is. It won't be more than that. But because uh, mm-hmm. he didn't even play him like that early. So, you know, maybe it's uh, Corey Davis is healthier than the, than we think. Maybe he or and or Eric Decker will play. Let's see if we can get them involved. Maybe it's let's see if John U. Smith can do that. There's got to be some reason why he would play his starters when he be, when he's been generally conservative with his skilled players like Corey Davis, who has a, who had a small injury that they kept him out forever for like Eric David, uh, Eric Decker, you know. There's got to be a reason why he's playing those guys, the starters now. So, you know, if I'm thinking, what's the rational reason to do this? I don't mind if there's a constructive, you know, end goal where they're saying, let's get X done and then we're done with our starters. But if there's not something clear that jumps out when we watch that game, this is a dumb decision. Mm-hmm. And what if what if he trots the starters out and they just play just as bad as they did against the Bears? They'll they'll then play four got... quarters. That's what'll happen. Yeah, yeah. Can you That's imagine right. that? That's right. We'll get to see a free game early. Oh my gosh! Uh, so again, he said everyone is playing. The exception to that could potentially be wide receivers Corey Davis and Eric Decker, who Malarkey said have a TBD to be determined status. I have no problem with neither one of those guys playing, honestly. keep them re- Get them ready for the regular season. Decker, that shouldn't be a problem. Corey Davis, he's yet to take a snap in a game of professional football. Does it worry you at all for him going into his rookie season that really, other than a couple of healthy days in training camp, he's done nothing since he left Western Michigan because he missed out on the combine, didn't have a pro day, barely was able to do individual top 40 workouts. Um, Is this a cause for concern? Because I think of all the causes for concern we've addressed in this episode, this could potentially be the most legitimate. Mm -hmm. I mean, ideally he would have, he would have played in a game by now. Uh, He hasn't practiced in like a month or so, I think. Um, So yeah, you want him to get that timing with Mariota down and see that he's fully healthy, but uh, I just, I mean, Odell Beckham during his rookie season, he also pulled a hamstring. I think he might have pulled both hamstrings. I don't know. He definitely had at least one hamstring injury, huh. and he was held out of the first four games of the season, and then he absolutely exploded over the tw- last twelve and never games looked of the bad. season. And never looked bad. Yeah. Um, so I'm okay. I it, the talent is going to shine through. Whether it takes a couple weeks for it to happen, fine. But I'd rather just see. Corey Davis fully healthy when he's on the field. I don't want any risk uh, associated 
associated with hamstring injuries, which can be really tricky. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not worried about Corey Davis at all. Uh, I mean, he's big, fast, athletic. He's never had serious injuries before. He's got great route running, great hands. And even through all that, if the Titans didn't want to play him in week one, they would still have Rashard Matthews, Eric Decker, Taewon Taylor, Tajay Sharp, Delaney Walker, Jonu Smith, Derrick Henry, and DeMarco Murray, and one of the best offensive lines in the league. Mm-hmm. You know, this this offense isn't dependent on one guy like a team like Jacksonville's might be with uh, Leonard Fournette if he can't play. You, you know, uh, this team is not – it's a 9-7 and seven team that has the luxury of having a top-five pick. So, you know, I want him healthy. I want to see him there. I want him to get reps. But if he doesn't play in the preseason and he's healthy week one and they only play him 10 to 15 snaps, that's fine. I mean, this team shouldn't have to depend on a guy like that. Yeah, even if he's out, I mean, Mariota was fine last season, and that's when he when he didn't have Eric Decker and Taiwan Taylor. So Mariota's going to be fine. The offense is going to be fine even without Corey Davis. Uh, but, I mean, it's a luxury to have him, obviously. I don't know how much we'll see of Alex Smith since the Chiefs will probably make the sensible decision and not play their starters in this game. (laughs) However, we are likely in for a heavy dosage of Patrick Mahomes this week, the very strong-armed quarterback who was the Chiefs' first-round draft pick. Um, It's going to be interesting to see what Mahomes is able to do against this defense since he's much more of a deep passer than any of the quarterbacks the Titans have played in the preseason. It'll be interesting to see how the secondary holds up against him. Yeah, Mahomes has looked really good this preseason. And like you said, he has probably one of the strongest arms in the NFL, even uh, this early in his career. Uh, Yeah, the cornerbacks are going to have to really close in on their on their receivers, just really guard them tightly. Uh, Adoree Jackson, I'm, I'm guessing he's going to get a lot of playing time, uh, and I hope he just has a bounce-back game. Get get his hands on a few balls from Mahomes and, you know, get his confidence up. Yeah, I mean, I, I hope Kalen Reed has a big night. You know, you want, want him playing some free safety and some corner. You know, you'd really like to see him make a play on a couple of those passes especially if he's going to go deep and try to throw it over the top of him. So, you know, mm-hmm. I don't expect a big game from the pass rush, but I would really like to see some of these bottom-of-the-roster defensive backs make a play because if they don't now on a guy who's going to pass the ball a lot because that's just who he is and that's, you know, what they're looking at. It's the last time they're going to get a chance to look at Mahomes um, versus live action for the rest of the year unless something bad happens. You know, with those passes in the air, I'd like one of those guys to make a play. If not... They're going to find somebody in the waiver wire who will. This is actually also a really good test for our edge rushers, um, particularly Kevin Dodd, because Mahomes likes to get out of the pocket, uh, escape the pocket, scramble a little bit. So Dodd is going to have to look more athletic and be faster than than he's shown to this point uh, in order to contain Mahomes into the pocket. Uh, And if he could do that, then good for Dodd because he hasn't shown much this, this preseason. While we're on the topic, let's talk more about Kevin Dodd. I don't think it's quite fair just yet to label him a bust, but he certainly has not done anything this preseason to show that after rehabbing most of last year, he's ready to go in the NFL. I really worry about him, and at this point, as we've talked about a lot amongst the three of us, 
he might not even be one of the five best edge rushers on this team right now because of Josh Carraway's great preseason performance to this point, Aaron Wallace, Arakpo, Morgan, and uh, Eric Walden. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about our our concerns with Dodd. I don't want to label him a bust yet, and I haven't even earlier in the offseason when he hadn't played. I still wanted to give him some time to, to show some things. I mean, we're through three preseason games, and maybe the maybe he's just not fully over the foot injury and he's not trusting his foot or whatever, but he just doesn't look good out there. He's not flashing at all as much as Mike Malarkey wants you to think he is. But Josh Carraway just looks uh, just levels better than him. He looks quicker, uh, and he's making plays in the run and the pass game. So I don't see a reason to keep Dodd over Carraway at this point. Um except for draft capital, but the teams don't operate that way. Yeah, I mean, that's a hot take, but that's the right take. You know, (laughs) you see guys like Caraway and Wallace just jump up and splash off. I mean, they they do great things with their speed and ability to kind of impact the passer, and then you look over on the other side, and there's big number 93 who's just not moving anybody or doing anything and you're like oh who's that guy and you're like it's kevin dodd like we spent a second round pick on him you know it's just it's just kind of hard to you know justify so it it depends on what you call a bust like do i think he's a bust like he doesn't deserve to play in the nfl no i mean i I think there's a bunch of defenses where he could thrive as kind of a base defensive end and hold the point of attack and do that A, a bust in terms of a borderline first-round pick who was supposed to come in and help Brian Rackpo and Derek Morgan, you know, rest more. Yeah, I think I think that job he had is a bust because I just don't think he's the, that kind of guy. I think I think he's more of a fifth or sixth pass rusher than a third or fourth right now. I think he's in the wrong scheme. He's a four-three defensive end. Yeah, yeah, I do too. I think you've got to play if you're going to play him in this scheme. You've got to play him on the defensive line. He's got to be yeah. a more athletic. If he if you're going to justify it, you've got to be able to justify it as I'm going to take out Daquan Jones or Austin Johnson, and he's going to be my longer, leaner mm-hmm. pass rusher, and those guys are going to be run stuffers. But that's not what they've done with him, and they swear up and down that he's an outside linebacker, even though that's not what the tape says. But uh, you know. Uh, more power to him if he if he can do it and turn it around at this point. But from what I've seen, I don't know why you would bring him in on downs where you're not in your four man front. Yeah, I mean he's kind of like the same size as Clue. I mean he's like six five two eighty. I think. I mean that's fine for a three four uh, defensive lineman, especially on passing downs. I, I don't know why they don't try him there. Yeah. Real quick before we wrap up this episode. Uh, I want to discuss a couple of guys who are back-of-the-roster guys who really need to have a big performance on Thursday to separate themselves from the pack. A couple of names we wrote down before the show, Trey McBride, linebacker Nate Palmer, defensive tackle Angelo Blackson, and edge rusher Josh Carraway. Those are all guys who are in danger of not making the team, but at the same time, each of them makes a pretty good case for why they should be on the team, except maybe Blackson, who hasn't done very much. Uh, if you guys want to pick one of those players to talk about, or, or two of them, go right ahead. I'll, I'll pick uh, Trey McBride, because I'm the president of his fan club. Uh, but on the real, he's been he's been really good this preseason, and he's done pretty much everything except for dropping that touchdown catch, which 
kind of hurt, but I mean, he, he's been fantastic this preseason. He's done everything you could possibly ask for from a wide receiver and from, from a special team standpoint, he's been great on special teams too. Um, the problem is that we have so many receivers right now and it's, I don't see a way for him to make the team. And it, it, it bothers me because I would totally keep him over someone like Eric Weems or even Harry Douglas, but the, I don't think the coaches are going to do that. If, but if Trey McBride maybe has a huge game, uh, catches like goes for a hundred yards, maybe a touchdown, and makes some plays on special teams, uh, they might have to just they might have to keep him on the team somehow. And I hope that happens because he's a very talented player. Yeah, I mean, I like Trey McBride a lot. I think if he comes out and has four special teams tackles as a gunner, that might almost be a better path for him because mm-hmm. it, they're not going to try him a kick returner anymore. They've already said that the battle is between Weems and Jackson as the kick returners, and Kalfani Muhammad's off. You know, but all of all those guys who were you know suggested to be competing or not, just those two. So. If he's going to earn his roster as a special teams player and an emergency wide receiver, he has to go down and just explode on special teams, you know, on kickoffs, his punt return, you know, or his uh, punt team. So I, I, I like that. I hope he can have that day because I really like him. I don't know if he can. Caraway's my guy. I mean, the things he's done with his hands and, you know, his get off are rare, especially on this 53 man roster. And not only that, but. I think he had his best game of the year against the Bears. You know, they had him playing some mm-hmm. real strong side-outside linebacker, which is what Arakpo plays when he walks down. And, you know, he played against the edge when they tried to pitch it outside, and he set the edge and forced him back, forced a guy back inside for a tackle for loss. He got he got good upfield rush on pass attempts. You know, there, there, I saw no reason why you would cut a guy like that and start, you know, start or play a guy like Kevin Dodd, like we talked about earlier, you know, I think you just have to find a way to get him on the roster. And he's athletic enough where you can convince yourself if you squint hard enough that he can be a good special teams player and that you can play him in a couple different places in terms of behind Morgan and behind Arakpo. And they spent a draft pick on him, so they didn't just, you know, waste it for for a camp body. They, they like him. And ideally, you want him to develop, but he's developing now. I mean, he looks like a guy mm-hmm. who could play now. And I think if you put him on, you know, your practice squad, there's four t- four teams by the end of this that have seen him up close and personal and know if we need a speed rusher, that there's a guy in Tennessee who's just sitting around not doing anything. Maybe we should go after him. You know, it, putting him in sh- Chicago with Leonard Floyd in that defensive line would, would be a really good you know, thing for them. So don't think that they weren't watching and the other teams haven't noticed because he's made an impact in all three games. Mm-hmm. I agree. So here is our game plan for the next week for our coverage on the podcast of the end of the Titans preseason. We will be back on Friday to recap Thursday night's game versus the Kansas city chiefs at some point during the weekend. We will put up another episode going over everything, covering every angle about the 53-man roster, waiver claims that John Robinson might perhaps make, last-minute trades John Robinson might perhaps make. We will cover all of that at some point this weekend on a separate episode. And then later in the week, probably Wednesday or Thursday, we will have our season preview episode. We're going to be talking about more than just the Oakland Raiders, We'll certainly talk about them, but we're going to preview this season. We're going to talk about this roster, and we're going to talk about what this team is going to be able to do this season. So Friday, Kansas City Chiefs review, 
over the weekend. We're going to talk about the 53-man roster, and then at some point next week, probably Wednesday, we're going to preview what will hopefully be a, a very good season for the Titans. I honestly don't know when the Titans and the Chiefs play on Thursday, or I would let you know. Um, but until we come back on Friday, we don't know yeah, um, we're going to get out of here. We'll talk to everybody on Friday. Until then, this is Luke Worsham for Matthias Wadner and Will Lomas. We'll see everybody next time. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.